Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Man, what's up? I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. Come on, listen, look at yourself. Uh, I, I usually take two weeks off. I do about eight to ten sermons in a row, and then I take about two weeks off. And um, it was funny, I was talking to a couple earlier today that we know, and they were like, we've been here four times, five times, and you've never spoken. And so uh, I'm like, uh, uh, sorry. (laughs) Um, The great thing that I love is that we have a team, and we have staff, and um, you know, this this month is a pastor appreciation, and we're going to throw a little party. You know, uh, listen, my, 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 we got the best people. We got the best church. Come on, clap for yourself. Uh, and so the best way that we can have a party is we can eat some cookies together. Listen, listen, you know, w- w- listen, we do church. We'll let God touch our lives and then touch our stomach. And so y'all stay after. We're going to get some cookies. And uh, but but really, I wanted to stop and, and just before we begin, you know, it, it's easy to look at uh, Katie and I and go, man, you know, we really appreciate you guys. And and, and I'm I'm not saying that we don't do anything, but but I am saying that there are so many other people that do so many other things. You know, our staff, our team, people who lead worship, people who lead in the kids area, people who who make time in their life to say, listen, I'm going to I'm going to serve God with whatever time I have. And so come on, really just give them a big hand as uh, we appreciate you guys. We are in a sermon series called Exceedingly Abundant. Exceedingly Abundant. Look at your neighbor and say, there's some real potential in you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, Listen, if you uh, just said that to someone single, uh, then say, I'll tell you afterwards. Here's my number. Uh, uh, You should be able to meet people in church. I'm just saying that that's good. That's okay. That's okay. It's better than the club. Uh, uh, but uh, stop. Y'all, I haven't preached in three weeks. I'm feeling super feisty. I'm just going to tell y'all that. I don't know where we're going to go today. It's going to be great. But, but seriously, when we think about exceedingly abundant, exceedingly abundant, uh, there are two major things that I think are in play. Uh, your faith and your trust. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this. Um, 11 verse 6, it says, and without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So let me just say this, I'm going to leave that up there. You should want to please the Lord. You should want to please the Lord. Don't, Don't get it twisted. God loves you. And God sent his son to die for all mankind because he wanted relationship with man. But I'm a father. I love my children. I love all my children. But you know what? There are sometimes they please me, (laughs) and there are sometimes they do not. Just because they don't clean their room doesn't mean I don't love them. I'm just not pleased. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? I'm not pleased when they leave the trash out. I'm not pleased when we miss putting the trash cans out on the side. They got jobs. You know what I'm saying? At my house, it's work to live program. It's like you like your life. You want more of it? Do work. Come on. Come on. Holla. Uh, and, and so here's the deal. Um, and some of you, I, I can't. This is not parenting. But anyway, um, don't create entitlement and then blame your kids. You hear what I'm saying? Don't create entitlement and talk about, oh, they just have a strong personality. Get stronger. Set a boundary. You know what I'm saying? You like food in this house? Good. Clean up. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? And so the reality is, without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. For whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those, come on, who seek him. In other words... Faith means that you have to believe God exists. So it's not just random. 
It's not just churchy. It's not just religion. Like everything that we do, we believe that God exists. And we didn't come from an explosion in space billions of years ago. But that there is order. There's a creator. That God has a plan. And that God does exist. And you're here for a reason. And God created that. Not only that, but he's a giver of good things. Like you have to believe that God is a giver of good things. This is what faith is. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In, in other words, that whatever you lean on will either build trust or take it away. That's why it is so vital for the organization of your whole life. Come on, some of you who are scheduled, who you got your maps, you know what I'm saying? You got your little Google calendar. you like so organized. But can I tell you this, is that the greatest thing that you can do to perpetuate growth and organization in your life is to seek ye first the kingdom of God because it will bring order into your life because not everybody can take all your stuff. It has to go to the Lord. I have to trust in Him. I would like to submit to you today that for all of us, it, if we're not careful, it can be confusing, the, the, the dichotomy between faith and truth. And for this body to go where it's going to go, we have to have both faith, come on, listen, and trust, faith and trust. Now, faith is a noun. It is Something that you possess, it is a substance. Come on, everybody online. It's a substance of things that you hope for that you do not see. So faith means I'm believing in a God that does exist. He has good things for me. And even though I don't see it now, I know it's coming. That's what faith is for, for us. Here's the thing. Anybody believing something that they cannot see, that you're asking God for some things, maybe some relationship dynamics to change, maybe for you a career change, maybe your health, maybe you're asking God to touch your body, maybe it's finding a mate or a family member coming to Christ. Like there are things that you don't even see the evidence of yet, but yet you're trusting God to believe that it's going to, come on, listen, happen. Faith in God is the confident belief that God can and do what he claims he'll do. Like God is, God, I'm not saying that God is not a liar. I'm saying that God cannot lie. Listen to what I'm saying. God cannot lie. It's not that he chooses not to lie. It's that he cannot lie. So if God says there is a horse with five heads and 25 feet, you're about to see a horse with five heads and 25 feet. It, God is not limited to our experiences in life. If God says it, it will happen. The Bible says that God, the Bible says about God that he is not a man that he should lie. In other words, when he speaks it, it happens. Just the way he said. Trust. Trust is a verb. If trust means that you are doing something, it is something you do. If it's a willful choice, it's a, it's a deliberate action. Trust can only grow inside of faith. Okay? The reason that we are talking about this is because you can actually have faith in God, but that does not guarantee trust. I have faith because I believe God, but I don't know if I trust Him. This is the way, I, the way I like sometimes to say it is, I believe that God can. I'm not sure that He will. And that's where a lot of people find themselves in this dichotomy of trying to believe God for something, but they're not, they're, because we are a culture that has not really read the Bible, and we have like two or three verses based on the churches that we grew up, we do not know the character resume of God where, okay, when he says it, he does it. When he says it, he does it. When he says it, he does it. And sure, there is a process, and I may not like the process, but that doesn't mean that God's not doing something now. 
for us. Our culture is driven to succeed. It tells us to have faith in only our abilities and to trust only ourselves. And it demands us to master our skills and, and, and to work diligently in order to end up where we want to be. And we all have that vision board or that goal or that destination that, you know, here's where I want to be. Yet, the older I get, the more I realize that life is not that simple. Like, it's, it's not that simple. And the reason is, is because people change. Situations change. Life, come on, listen, changes and there are uncertainties and I want to make sure that just because people change and circumstances change and plans change, God has not changed. He changes not. So my assignment today is believe through uncertainties. How do we deal with uncertainties? Uncertainties happen because of Imperfect situations, unknown information. When life seems to be out of control, unfair, unbalanced, our trust in God can be shaken because of the uncertainties that we experience in life. Is that true? Come on, y'all help me. There are many people that are holding up God's best for their life because they are uncertain. It's like we want the great things of God, but painful moments or hardships or hard moments begin to cause us to disengage and we believe that if God was so good... That we would never experience loss, pain, or tears. Because we process everything through what's best for us. Is this true? You know, come on, listen. If I was God, I'd be able to eat donuts every day and never get them. Hey, thank you, Lord. Well, God, if you don't love me. Can't even eat a donut every day. You know, it's, it, we would self-prescribe, if we had God's power, we would self-prescribe easy. Not hard. We would avoid every hard thing in life. But now as a parent, I realize that it is my job, my wife and I, to get our young people to do what they don't want to do, knowing that it will take them and move them to limits, past limitations, into victory. But in order to get there, they have to be able to do this, even though they don't. I know every time you get paid, you want to go buy a snack. I know every time you get paid, you want to buy another magazine or get another game. But if you don't, come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so for us, it would be really sad for us to feel like God is not loving or he doesn't care for me. But our parameter is you only love me if it's easy. You're only for me if it's not complicated. And I only feel valued by you if you never put me in hard situations. And come on, listen. That is not what God does. God will give you what you need, not always what you want. You hear what I'm saying? For us, listen, uh, last week, um, I, I signed a contract, uh, our, our first big contract, uh, to start demo on the building. They start tomorrow at 7 a.m. It's super exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. You can clap for that. Come on. You're going to have to wake up a little bit. Come on. And it is amazing. There were 12 pages of terms, agreements, definitions, conditions, provisions, and, and signatures just so that we could try to... Help with uncertainty. Like they wanted to know, do you know how much you're paying us? And I wanted to know, do you know when this needs to be done? You know, and, and 
We wanted to make sure it was certain. It's amazing what great lengths we go to in order to uh, navigate uncertainty. Listen, I, I, I know a lot about uncertainties. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. And uh, even last week when they were playing and we're winning, there was like 10 minutes in the middle of the game where I thought, oh, we look like last year. Come on. I was very uncertain. Hope was diminishing. But think about in your own lives how we try to manufacture certainty and we try to manage it. I mean, we plan a budget so that so that we can deal with uncertainty. I mean, what about life insurance companies? I mean, insurance companies, that's a business that prepares people for, come on, help me, one, two, three, uncertainties. My son is 16 years old. He's driving, and I called the insurance company, and uh, I was like, hey, I need to add a driver, and they told me the quote, and it, I was very uncertain. Uh, I was like, okay, you walk in. <laughs> uh, get a job. Listen. The housing market, I don't know if you've tried to buy a house in northwest Arkansas, but it, it's crazy. Like, it is amazing how quickly a house goes on the market and how quickly it goes off. It's like, and, and for all, of, for, for, I mean, for 2021, where anxiety is high, you're not able to Google enough by the time you find the house that you like. Because, because it's, a, it's a process. It's like, I can't just buy I got to, I got to Google, you know, all of the comps of all the other houses. I've got to investigate every neighbor and look on every government website to make sure they're not a predator. I've got to make sure to find out where the bus route is. I got to know what day trash is because, you know, I don't get up early on Tuesday. I got to, I got so many things that I've got to navigate so that I am certain that this is the place I want to live. And by the time I've Googled five things, it's already sold. We do a lot to manage uncertainty doctor's appointments where medical professionals have a full picture of our medical health health history so that we can better prepare for life's come on listen uncertainties i've even heard people say that they have uncertainties when it comes to christians and churches because they've met a few Christians, and they've gone to a few churches where the people feel like they're trained to judge rather than love, and that, you know, they don't know if uh, everybody's working on being as authentic as they should, and so it feels a little hypocritical. And so we all have, listen, these uncertainties. And so how do we navigate this? Because the truth is there's nothing wrong with planning and preparation, solving problems. You know, God has given us a mind. Hello, come on. Hey, come on. Some of y'all like, I don't really know. Like, God has given us a mind, right? He wants you to think. Come on, some of y'all. I feel the Holy Ghost just coming in the room right now. Come on. Think in Jesus' name. Um, but, but for real, um, there's nothing that you can do to prevent uncertainty. You can make people promise, but they'll lie. Is it true? Come on. It is amazing. And, and listen, and I know that there are some people that come to our, our church that deal in the weather, but it's, it's amazing how many times you can get the weather wrong. And still keep a job. I'm like, when I'm wrong that much, people leave. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm just like, or, or, or like subs, I will be there on Friday. And you're like, Friday comes. You coming? Actually, I will be there on Friday. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Let you yes be yes. It's amazing. You can work meticulously on a project and still there will be unknowns that you did not consider. You can move and isolate yourself, listen, and not be around anyone and still there will be situations that you cannot control with your own life. 
Let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. And here's the thing. Let me challenge you just a little bit. We put the scriptures on the screen because we don't know where people are at in life. And, and I would hate for people to come to a church service and feel like it's insider and them not know what's going on. Like, I, I never want to do that. But as we begin to commit to the Lord and, and, and follow him, now, now you're not just coming and attending. You're now a disciple. And so I'm going to ask you to get a Bible, get an app, get a book. So begin to write things down. Because here's the deal. In 30 minutes of me talking, I don't think that you're going to remember all 30 minutes. But I think that you'll remember one minute. I think there will be one minute or two minutes of something that hits your heart that you've been meditating and thinking about, and the Holy Spirit will use this moment for you to begin to ponder this next week. And I don't want you to miss it because God's given it to you for where you're going. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, and it says this. Genesis 12, verse 7. When you say, I got it, I got it. Say, I got it. Come on, online. Come on, say, I got it. <laughs> Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, your offspring, I will give this land. Dun, dun. I mean, I got some big, I mean, I mean, God appears to Abram. That's a big moment. Okay, that, that's what, something you would post about. I'm just going to say. That would be, like if you ever like have moments where you're like, should I post? Should I not post? Should I, is this a worthy event? If God shows up, and it's like, oh, you can be like, I'm posting that. I'm going to post that. Okay, here we go. Lord appeared to Abram. He said, to your offsprings, I will give this land. So we built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on still to Negev. Here's the thing. I want you to see a couple of things as we begin to talk about this. I want to give you three reminders that are going to help you believe through uncertainty. Because we're all going to experience this. I think it will help us as a body begin to believe through un, um, uncertainties. Here's the first one. The first is we got to trust that God is present in uncertainties. God is present. God is present. So here's the deal. Psalms chapter 62 verse 8 says, Trust Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge to us. Church, our relationship with God was not meant to be one-sided. When you get heavy, when you don't like life, when you feel like all your friends have betrayed you, when you feel like that your employer have, has overcommitted and underdelivered, when you feel like people are against you, that is not when you just pull up your bootstraps. That's when you begin to call out to the Lord and say, yo, a lot of stuff is going on in me. And I'm, and this Adversity is causing me to doubt, which is taking me away from trust, which then will move me away from my assignment. So I need to call out to you because you're my refuge, because I feel like I've been wronged. I feel like people aren't listening. I feel like people don't have my point of view, or they don't know my side of the story. And so I am now coming to you to make it right. Come on, hear me. Okay. Look, when the Bible, when God calls you, he's going to be with you. Well, pastor, how do you know I've been called? Because the Bible says that God calls all men unto him. Men and women. In other words, you're not here because you chose to be. You're here because you said yes to the calling of God on your life, and he's been drawing you. God's been drawing you. In other words, this means that God has been wanting a relationship with you. And many times in your life, there has been this pursuit of him in you. For us, the Bible teaches us that God has always wanted relationship. And let me just tell you, you may be running today. You may be running. But God is present. 
You may feel like your spiritual assignment has been put on hold and you are now alone. But I need you to know that God is present. Here comes Abram ready to walk in his call. He ready. Now he has no street cred. He's in a brand new land. And nobody's walking up just giving him land. I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like you were in situations where people overcommitted and underdelivered? Here we are. Abraham has this awesome moment. God has appeared. Woo! Man, it's going to be good. And nothing. It's like there's a meeting, but there's not really any momentum. It's like there's a moment, but there's nothing really happening. And God appears. And, and here's what I love about Abram is that every time he goes into new territory, he begins to build an altar. Hear me. He comes into the new land. God meets with him. He builds an altar. He goes to a new place. He builds the altar. And I think that in our Western culture, here's the thing. That we are so busy trying to accomplish the next task. That I need to throw some caution to all of you over performers. When God begins to bless your life with new territory, you need to pause and you need to praise. Because if you, listen, Abraham could have been like, yo, I've got so much to do. I'm the father of nations. We need to get busy having these children, getting them raised. We got a lot to do. But it, the mission that God has you on is so much bigger than what you can accomplish. And so what you actually need is when God moves you forward, you need to pause. You need to praise. And you need to say, look what God has been doing in our life. And not just pass over these moments as if they're nothing. What has God done this last year? Well, you're alive. You still got a job. Every territory that we take, and here's the deal. Some of us are so discouraged because we're not there yet, but we're missing moments with God that will clarify where we're going and help us get there. Come on, listen, faster for us. Church, this is sober for me, even as a pastor. Because Abram builds altars, and we cannot miss building altars. In, our, in 2021, people would rather build a fence than they would build an altar. Like, like, listen, listen, listen. They would rather build these what-if scenarios. And now you got people fully in anxiety. Come on. On a what if, a fictitious argument that hasn't happened that you're getting ready for and you're pre-describing the outcome of that trip and the conversation. Hear what I'm saying? You have the power to shut that down, send it over to the Lord and not live in fictitious arguments or mental heaviness. People are like, oh, I'm so worn out. What would you do today? I woke up. I had my coffee. I looked at, you know, social media for about 10 minutes and found all my people that hate me. And now I'm thinking about it. And I can't do anything. Because my mind, come on, listen. You have the power to shut that off. And I will say this. If you engage in constant what-ifs, then you are actually taking away great moments from the people around you because they're dealing with your heaviness that is fictitious. We're not dealing with real issues. We're dealing with, come on, thoughts of what-if. Here's what I need you to know. God is present. God is present. God was present with Abram 
And it doesn't mean that he calls us to do easy things. Here's what I, I need you to know. As long as you're at this church, I, we, we will never say that God calls us to do easy things. God doesn't call you to an easy life. Listen to what I'm saying. Now, his burdens are light. He'll lighten your load. But think about the things that God has asked us to do. He has asked believers, come on online, he's asked believers to do hard things. Believing in Jesus and putting him first is hard. Knowing the Bible, praying all the time uh, without ceasing, committing to a life-giving church, forgiving those who offend you, honoring and submitting to authority, repenting from sin and turning away from it, living life grateful. Like I'm grateful. I, I don't have everything I want, but I'm, I'm grateful for what I have. Walking in love toward other people even when you feel like they don't deserve it. That's hard. Taking care of the helpless. In other words, giving to people that cannot give back to you. Giving generously to see the gospel, come on, listen, advance in the kingdom. Because it's the only thing that will live beyond you. For us, listen, I need to tell someone in the room that God is doing more than you think. And God is doing more than you see. For us as a church, we've taken a bold step to, to take more territory. And with more territory comes un, in uncertainties. Um, what happens if we get bigger? What happens? Who's going to be the new members? Who's going to be the new leaders? What are we going to do? Where am I going to sit? Like big major things. Like what if someone takes my chair? Come on. How are we going to pay for it? What are we going to? When are we going to be over there? When are they going to be finished? And, and so many people don't continue to move on because of the uncertainties of life that are just available, just, just present. And I just want to say this. I want to thank every one of you that have come to a vision night so far. Come on. Come on. If you come to a vision night, raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. Awesome. Give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. Come on. We've had over 100 people come to Vision Nights. We have one more November the 5th. If you want to know a little bit more about what God is doing and where we're going, obviously we have details to share, and we don't want to waste time and service to do that. And so on November the 5th, we are going to have another Vision Night, and we would love for you to be there. The second thing, so, so the first one, you guys got the first one right. God is present. God is present in uncertainties. God's present. The second is that, that we've got to believe that even when you mess up, God can deliver you. Because how many of y'all know we don't always do it right? If you always do it right, raise your hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, we all had a little moment of scary right there because I was like, please, nobody. Um, listen. Listen, even when we do it wrong, even when we mess it up, God can deliver us. Genesis chapter 12, verse, look at this, 10. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt and sojourned there, for the famine was severe. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know that you are a woman and you fine. And when the Egyptians see you, they're going to be like, dang, girl. And his wife, he said to his wife, uh, they probably going to kill me. Uh, so here's the deal. Will you tell them that, uh, will you tell them that you're my sister? I don't know if you've married here and you've ever blown it. <laughs> but if you've ever blown it at this level, come on, listen, like, you called your wife, your sister, to get a promotion at your job. We're going to have some prayer afterwards. We're going to try to get that happen. And really, that, listen, like, is that crazy? Say that you were my sister, that it may go well with me. <laughs> like, right now, I don't really care a lot about you. I care a lot about me. Isn't it interesting that when 
Abram, just leave that up there. When Abram was in the place that God had him, while it was hard, come on, listen, while it was, uh, while it didn't look significant, every territory he went, he built an altar. And when he began to move away from the place that he was supposed to be, his altar became himself. Now I need you to build me, and I need you to protect me, and I need you to give up for me. Come on, you look at this. Hey, look at this. That my life may be spared for your sake. Hold on, what? How? Do you ever have conversations where you're like, I don't really know what you said? And I believe that you thought that sounded good, but that don't sound good because how is it going to benefit me to be over there with him and you over here? Huh? Huh? And Abram entered Egypt, and Egypt saw that the woman was beautiful. Go ahead. And, and, and when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. They were little, little pimps, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, oh, man, you, you listen, this girl, she's fire. You, you need, you need her. Look at this. Look at this. And it says this. And for her sake, he dealt with Adam, Abram, sorry. And thank you, babe. And he said to the sheep, the oxen, the male, the donkey, uh, the male servants, the female servants, the, the uh, female donkeys, the camels, lots of stuff. He got a lot of stuff for her. Okay. <laughs> I I can make it so many jokes right there. All right, all right, 17. I'm going on. Woo! But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And I just I just feel like somebody needs to just pause and hear that. That maybe I don't know, maybe a a man in your life sold you out or a woman in your life sold you out and only put their needs first but I need you to know that God will move because of you come on hear what I'm saying that God will move because of you Pharaoh calls Abram back and says, yo, why did you say that she was your wife? You said that she was your sister, so I took her, but she's your wife. And Pharaoh commanded orders for them to leave. Here's what I want to talk about. You got to believe that even when you mess up, God can deliver you. Abraham's uncertainties start to grow. He's called. He has meetings. He has moments. He's in a new land, and there's a famine. Like, come on. Like, we lose our stuff when the Wi-Fi goes down. We're like, I can't even live it. I don't know what to do. I, can't even, I, don't, I feel so alone. It's dark places. <laughs> come on. And I'm not even talking to the young people. Some of you parents, you're like, now I have to watch my kids. Yeah, I'm like, come on, stop, stop, don't even play. Uh, uh, listen. Here's, here's the thing. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will think that we have messed it all up and nothing can be done. Nothing can be done. There was a famine in the place. People are starving. People are dying. That's when you throw your hands up and you're like, really? Like you think so much about my calling that you sent me to a place where people are starving? And you said that's going to be a great land? How can it be a great land? Because we're all going to die. But see, here's the thing that I need you to understand. 
is that God doesn't see problems the way we see problems. Come on, you gotta, you got to hear me on this. The famine, God said, I'm going to give your offspring the land. What is the key point here? Are you going to give your offspring the land? Or is God going to give the offspring? See, we skip over, and what God says is, I'm going to do it, but we translate it like we need to do it. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And God said that I will do it. And so what happens is God begins to use a famine so that people begin to leave, which creates a void so that God's people can come. Hear what I'm saying? Can I tell you today, what if the problem that you think you're facing is actually provision and power and God is moving you forward and you can't even see it? Come on, give him some praise. I'm just saying that we may see a huge problem, but I need you to understand that incredible stories of God's provision come from what normal people call problems. And I need you to see, I don't know what Abraham was was thinking. Maybe he imagined that this is not the way I thought it was going to be after the incredible meeting I had, business meeting I had with God. And we just kind of lined out some things and I built some altars and like this is going to be like easy. I mean, maybe not easy, but not, I mean, not famine and starvation. He decides to go to Egypt and he fails miserably. He blows it. He moves from creating altars to God to promoting himself. And that will always happen when you see problems and stress and pressures. Come on, listen. But here's what I I, I love is God is building Abraham's story. Now listen to this. If you know anything about the story of Abraham, you know that in a couple chapters later, he offers Isaac. Right? He offers his son up and God says, God puts a covenant with him. And says, look, your offsprings are going to inherit the land. And his first seed, God asked for him to give that as a sacrifice. God is building his depth of being able to listen to the Lord. Come on, listen. And many of us want to see incredible spiritual movements of God. And we think that because we read about it in the Bible, we have the capacity to experience it. You hear what I'm saying? Nobody comes out of the womb and rides a bike. Nobody comes out of the womb and begins to parent. And I don't care what preacher you've listened to and how hard they've sweat and how much anointing you feel. You don't get to walk out and reproduce what it took pain, pressure, problems, and presence to find. In a world of stealing everybody's content, you don't get to go take content from another life and go, well, If I just say it the way they said it, I can have it the way they have it. No, 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 no. God is not a respecter of person. And if you want to walk through the process, baby, you can have it too. But you don't get to skip steps and just listen to a sermon and go out and reproduce it. That's not how God does it. Come on. That's not how success happens. People want to read one book and watch one YouTube video with Dwayne. Here's what you got to do. <laughs> you ain't getting what he got in one video. You hear what I'm saying? And so here, here, here's the idea. Faith is built in the fire of affliction. And, and what I'm hoping is that strength comes back to the church. And we, I'm going to say this. If you're going to let me say this, just let me say it. We got to come out of sissy, wussy, wussy, wussy. I made a post and all of my church family didn't like it. I feel so like persecuted. You were not persecuted. 
Here, here, listen, what, what, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You don't get strong faith with a weak story. You've got to overcome some adversity in life. You've got to be hurt to the point of, I can't do it. And then God begins to move in your life. And you begin to cry out to him. And he begins to fill you up. And you begin to build some resilience, listen, in your life. And that's why it's called maturity. That's why the Bible says, do not lay your hands on a man suddenly because we got way too many ministries that see incredible capacity and I can look in each one of you and I can see calling and purpose and dignity and leadership and I can see all of that. But here's the deal. I don't know if you are spiritually mature enough to take the anointing and the mantle. That's why I don't let Devin preach more than three times. In a row. It's not because he doesn't have the ability to do it, but there are some things in family that he's not walked in yet, and I never want Stephen or Devin or these other guys to get inundated in a spiritual battle that they're growing. Does this make sense? It takes time. And if we're going to be honest, how many of you have wanted to leave the church before in your life? Come on. Absolutely. And the other ones you just hadn't, you, don't, you can't remember, but it's true. And you had to persevere. And Paul even said, yo, y'all are on milk. And I need you to get over here. I need you to eat some real stuff. I need you to digest something more than excitement. Come on. Come on. There are going to be moments of scary, and you're going to have to persevere through it. Here's a, another thought I want, I want to just throw out. This is just kind of a side. This is for free. But it is amazing to me the transaction that happened with Sarah, totally, totally based on appearance. And we are in a world that wants you to show a little less and get a few more likes. And, and here's what I want to say to you. I want you to see your body as a temple. And I love the fact that God gave you what you got. But if you shaking what your mama made you. For a like. Then here's what I need you to know. Do not confuse desire with love. Do not confuse desire with love. Because Pharaoh did not love Sarah. He wanted her. And so everybody on TikTok, everybody doing their deal, I'm cool. Does that make sense? But I'm just saying, don't think that 500 likes means you're loved. Because Pharaoh did not know Sarah and did not care about Sarah. He wanted Sarah because he cared about Himself. You hearing me? You hearing me? I don't know who needs to hear this. God does not bail and he does not fail in your life. And he, I love God because here's, the, here's the basically the deal. Abraham, Abraham did not think that God was going to show up. So he wanted to take it all into his own hands. But what we find out is after Abram screwed it all up. God shows up, tells Pharaoh, look, man, I'm going to throw out these plagues on you. You need to go and let Sarah go back. I got a plan for their life. And some of you need to know that God has been working on your behalf and you have not seen it. But he has been present and he has been aligning things for you. Because there is a calling of God on your life. And I need you to know that even when you mess it up, God can deliver you. Here's my last and final point. Is this. We got to believe. When we're facing uncertainties. How we move through uncertainties. Is we got to believe the conditions can change. Because of obedience and faithfulness. Listen. Conditions change. Because of obedience Come on, everybody say obedience and faithfulness. I, I know I messed you up because I didn't say everybody say that. Okay, come on, we're going to do this. 
Don't say obedience. One, two, three. Obedience. Faithfulness. The picture will change over time, and we've got a society that if I can't have it in five days or one year or I can't see it on a flow chart, then I'm totally discouraged and I think I'm going nowhere. But I need you to know that God was preparing and doing something in Abram's life, and consistency, faithfulness, come on, obedience changes the picture. Let's read the last part of this verse. Verse 19, why, why did you call her, why did you say she was your sister when she was your wife? And Pharaoh's ordered his men to move them out. And they, come on, look, Bible says they headed back. And I just believe that God is using this service for you to head back to your altars. To those moments when you were 14 or 15 or 20 or 30 and you had a moment with God in, in worship. You had a moment with God in your car. You had a moment with God at a concert or whatever. And all of a sudden you knew that there was something on your life that was different. And I need you to realize that you will never prosper trying to figure it out on your own. Move back to where the altars are. Move back to where the tent is. Move back to where the meetings were. Move. Come on, you, you hear what I'm saying? Just think the land that God was giving Abram. He said, I'm going to give this land to your offspring. Now, subsequently, when you think that, you would think that Abraham would be having a lot of kids. His wife was barren. Some of you may find yourself, listen, Getting a word from God in a barren season and you feel like your womb is the issue or your mind is the issue or somehow you failed but God is doing something and you don't know it but he needs you to build your faith and build your trust when nothing is happening so that when it happens you don't think it was you. Come on. The church teaches us how to live in blessing, but we don't really learn how to live when we're barren. When I've been promised something and it hasn't happened yet. Come on, is there anybody who I'm talking to? When I feel like God is doing something in me, but it hasn't manifested yet. I feel like something's working, but I can't, I'm not there. So here's what I want you want to pull out from this thought. Is that I love that in the midst of a mess up and trying to figure it all out, that Abraham did not pack up and go home. This is what I'm saying. He could have been so discouraged. Man, I got a call from God. I hiked this, you know, big long hike. I got here. There's very little infrastructure. I tried to save my family. I ended up selling my wife. Pharaoh got really mad at me, kicked me out of Egypt. I'm going home. I'm done. This is when people begin to tell me, Pastor, I tried. Come on, listen. I tried to lead the life group. I tried to, I tried to do, but it didn't turn out. Did it not turn out? Or is God doing something that's healing you and moving you forward that you don't even know about. He didn't quit. He kept listening. And his obedience and his faithfulness began to sow seeds that begin to change nations. We are faced with one of the biggest decisions, biggest seasons of our church. And I know that God has more for this body. But for us to go where he has called us to go, we're going to have to move past. Listen to this. We're going to have to move past just liking our church. And we work hard. 
so that people come in and do not feel judged and do not feel condemned, but let the Holy Spirit begin to work through the process of transformation in their life. But we are moving to the place where we don't need people to like our church. We need people to commit to our church. And commitment is different than liking. Come on, if we got to preach good enough and, and we got to play your jam and we got to make sure that the mints are on like, like extreme and we've got to have all of this going in order for you to like it here, then here's what I am telling you is that you are still in infancy and I need you to make a commitment because obedience and faithfulness produces the purpose of God in your life. Come on. In your life. Conditions change. And I believe that they'll change in your life. For Katie and I, I'm going to tell you a story about our marriage. And I'm not talking about your marriage. So don't even, don't even be like, well, in my situation. I'm not talking about your situation. I'm talking about ours. When we got married, we were both from divorced homes. And we were both trying to figure out what it meant to, to pioneer legacy. And we have been through podcasts, marriage, counseling, seminars. Like, don't, don't walk in and be like, oh my gosh, y'all make that look so good. We've worked on this. And let me just say that if you're not working on your marriage, if you're not working on yourself, if you actually think that everything that you do and say is right, you're unaware. And God has some things that he wants to do in your life. And he doesn't want to expose you because he wants to make fun of you. He wants you to repent so that he can restore you. For Katie and I, listen, here's the bottom line is with all of the teaching and all the seminars and all of the things and all the books that we've read and all of the Enneagram, Gram, Gram, whatever grams uh, that we've done, there was still a time we didn't stay married because we, we learned a lot. We stayed married because we chose obedience over happiness sometimes. There were seasons in our life when we chose what was obedient rather than happiness come on you hear what I'm saying because we knew what the Bible said and neither one of us were in a situation where we broke what the Bible said so <laughs> we just gonna have to obey and there were moments I don't like you I don't like you either but I'm gonna love you God, tell me to do. And we submitted under that. We listen. We submitted under that. And out of faithfulness, the conditions change. The conditions change. The conditions change. And here is the takeaway from everything that I'm talking about today. The only way to believe through uncertainty is to keep your faith and your trust working. Well, pastor, I'm super discouraged. I get it. I get it. Let's let God invite his presence into this place. And let's let God do some healing. And let's move forward. All, all sermon long. I'm, I'm done. I'm wrapping up. I've been telling you that there's no way you can control uncertainties. But there is one thing that you can do that is certain you can ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you can have him redeem your life and your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life listen to what I'm saying and you can be for certain because hell is real heaven is real God created hell for the devil and all of his demons and it is not God's heart that one should perish, but that everyone should come into everlasting life. Hear what I'm saying? And you got a choice. 
and if you want to be certain, and it's not, it's not certain because of a prayer you pray, it's certain because of a word God gave and a mission that God did to send Jesus. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so in a world that tells you you can't count on anything, I'm telling you, you can count on God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.